0: Parenting is harder than it's ever been. Not only are we managing our careers and households, we're overseeing virtual classes and homeschooling or worrying about our kids when they're at school during this pandemic. We're all trying our best to bring normalcy and enrichment back into their lives. That's why I want to tell you about a new brand for kids that's providing experiential fashion and is making parenting fun again. It's called Living Loudly. First, you log on to the website livingloudly.com and select from a variety of t-shirts that have characters on them like Everett the Elephant or Trevor the Tiger. Made from a bamboo and organic cotton blend, the tees are super soft and retain their shape and color. That means they don't shrink in the wash. Then your child will receive a colorful capsule delivered to your doorstep. Along with their t-shirt is a story about the character to spark their imagination and a secret paper airplane hidden in every graphic. Wait, there's more. The stories are written on seed paper that you can rip up into little pieces and plant in potting soil. Now your kids can enjoy a fun science experiment and tend to their very own garden of wildflowers. You can save the capsule to collect small toys or recycle it because it's 100% biodegradable. To recap, your kids will love reading the story, planting the wildflowers, and rocking their new t-shirt. Now that's so sustainable and oh so fun. Buy one, get one 30% off with my promo code MOMSENSE30 in all caps. Your adventure awaits.
1: These women were so different than us. They lived in these huts. Every single aspect of their life was different, except the way that they cared for their children and the love that they had for their children and this journey of motherhood. And yes, it's still very, very different, but we wanted to find a way to connect and show that like, yes, we're all different, but we all have the same values and want the same things for our children. As
0: moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadha Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three. Twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself, learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. Hello, tribe! Can you believe we have made it through 2020? Yeah, I can't either. This year has really put us through the ringer, especially my fellow moms because we've had to juggle so much more than we usually do with our careers and managing the household and homeschooling our kids who had to make it work without being in school for such a long period of time. And, you know, many of you still have your children uh, learning remotely, and it breaks my heart to think that that's how kids had to, you know, be educated during this time. We've been through really just hell and back uh, with not being able to see our family and friends and, uh, you know, Zoom family gatherings um, and holidays and grieving loss. I have many friends who um, lost their parents, you know, whether it was, you know, to another illness or to COVID. Many of us had COVID and have recovered. It's Really eye opening to think all that we endured in 2020. But I think we can all agree that the silver lining has been our resilience. We made it through. On this episode, I am really excited to share a story of a woman who really embodies what resilience is about. Her name is Marissa Goldstein, and she's the founder and CEO of Rafi Nova. And get this, she has two sets of twins. I have one set and then one more. It's a handful, let me tell you. So, can you just imagine two sets? And she has a thriving business, which she quickly pivoted during the pandemic. Uh, She went from making these beautiful artisanal handcrafted bags. To creating mass, you know, and for donating many to those who were in need. And of course, you know, for kids and adults alike. So tune into this very special episode uh, with my chat uh, with Marissa. Enjoy. There are many heroes that have made a substantial impact during the global pandemic. Veterans of Sustainable Product Manufacturing, co founders Marissa and Adam Goldstein. Who founded Rafi Nova, named after their two sets of twins and travel partners, Raya, Effie, Noah, and Ava, quickly pivoted their business to give back. Known for their handcrafted bags, they began making 100% cotton face masks and donated 150,000 masks to frontline workers. Rafi Nova is a social enterprise on a mission to create products that meet the ever changing needs of families while connecting global communities. Founded as a fair trade fashion brand to equip adventurous families with sustainably made travel bags, the company shifted focus to make face masks to solve the urgent needs of families and communities in the here and now. Prior to launching Nova, Marissa and her husband, Adam, worked in the sustainable product manufacturing industry. After earning an MBA at Babson University, Marissa and her family of four at the time split their time in Vietnam and Boston. While in Vietnam in 2017, Marissa noticed a group of Hmong women who were selling handmade clothes made from brightly colored textiles. Goldstein felt compelled to tell these people's stories and incorporate it into her business. I can't wait to delve into this. Marissa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's start with your childhood, because I I just love kind of getting the backstory. Was traveling just, you know, very prominent in your life from a young age? Yes, it was. So I
1: grew up right outside of Boston in a suburb called Needham. I am a middle child, uh, older sister, younger brother. And one of the best things that my parents instilled in me is a love of travel, a love of community and a love of giving back maybe this sounds cliche, but there's a Jewish term called tikkun olam, which is translates to repairing the world. And all through growing up, my mother always pushed me and always talked about like tikkun olam and giving back. And I sort of brought these two together. And so I would always find travel opportunities like through middle school, high school, and through college where I would join like different clubs and nonprofits, they all had opportunities to go overseas and do like different service projects or different kinds of volunteer work. So I really like fell in love with traveling
0: and adventure and then like connecting and meeting communities near and far. That is incredible. I love that. And I feel like it really just shapes your view of the world when you're kind of exposed to that in your childhood and, and having that, um, that empathy for others.
1: For sure. I should actually add that I met my husband, we've been married for 12 years now, and I met him junior year of high school. And we, we both took a semester abroad in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on the same program, but like a month apart. And then the day that we met, we were both signed up to do a gap year between high school and college on the same program. So he also grew up with these, you know, similar sentiments and the love of travel. And so we've really, our lives have really been all about that.
0: Wow. So, what are some of the career milestones um, that you can share with us?
1: Sure. So, I was starting to think about this, and it's funny. I feel like I sort of forgot about like my earlier, I guess, career milestones, and it was kind of fun to think of the first few that really stand out. Was right out of college, I joined a public relations firm in Boston called Rasky Bearline, and it was run by the late Larry Rasky, who actually passed away due to COVID in early March, and he was the first person who I think he really saw something in me and really believed in me or at least I felt that way and really like saw my potential and brought me on board fresh out of out of college and under his leadership I had so many early career milestones whether it was leading a delegation lobbying around Capitol Hill or traveling to Serbia where I was working with like the Serbian Economic Fund uh, I forget I forget the exact name I also like worked lobbying in Massachusetts overturning this like major moratorium but Later on, I got to attend Babson to get my MBA 2013 to 2015. And while I was at Babson, I co-founded a um, social enterprise that created and sold solar systems in rural India. And I actually got to go to Bangalore for almost 2 months where we really kick this. And that was a huge, I guess, milestone and something also really got me into social entrepreneurship. And that is something that really stands out in my mind. And then of course we're here now at Nova. And you know, my husband and I, for the last couple of years, we had our own company, a sourcing and manufacturing company firm that helped US companies make products overseas in Vietnam. And it was really just the two of us. And we had a few employees on the ground in Vietnam. But this is the first time in my career where I now have a team of over, I think it's now 32 or 33 people under my leadership. And I, I've had oh. to take on, and I know you were asking about milestones, this isn't necessarily a milestone, but mm-hmm. you know, take on so much new responsibility and new things that I've never been exposed to before. So I don't know, I guess that's not a particular milestone, but it's it stands out in my mind.
0: Yes. No, no, no. It absolutely is. I feel like, you know, you can't connect the dots going forward. And this is, you know, one that's just really, really uh, impactful. How did you land in Vietnam and getting to know the Hmong people and tribe? Like, how, how did that come to be? Was it a trip that you took for fun and then... Yep. Great question.
1: So right after I got my MBA at Babson, I had joined for two years prior to that, this solar startup in India and realized around the time I was graduating that it wasn't the right fit and ended up leaving that startup. And my husband had his own company and it was a manufacturing firm that wanted to help US companies diversify from China. And so one time, I think, forget what year it was, but we did a, a six month around the world trip a few years before that. And we fell in love with Vietnam. And we wanted to figure out a way to start a company in Vietnam so that we could go and live over there. And so <laughs> the company is called Roon And upon graduating from Babson and learning I was pregnant with our first set of twins, I decided to join my husband. And we figured you know, I had the sales and marketing, he had the manufacturing, and that we would just get it started. And so we would travel back and forth between Boston and Vietnam the day after our first set of twins, first birthday, we moved to Vietnam. We thought we would stay three to six months and we stayed 18 months. And then that turned into four years of going back and forth. But while we were in Vietnam, we would travel all the time, every weekend, every holiday, there's a lot of Asian holidays. So there was a lot of traveling. And we always wanted to travel off the beaten path. And it was really important to us that as we went on these journeys that we really tried to connect with you know the community around us. And so we were actually on a trip to Sapa which is in northern Vietnam you have to take an over you have to take an overnight train and then a bus and it's in the mountains and it's pretty re- it's really really remote we had i think at that time 18 month old twins so a bit crazy of a journey doing that. Yes. But we got to know the Hmong women, the Hmong tribe. Um, there's something like 55 or 56 different ethnic tribes in Vietnam. This is one of them and it's the biggest. And they were selling us chachis of like their textile on different clothing, dresses, and then like little, you know, elephants and things like that. And mm. I was really struck by this textile. We wanted to figure out a way that we could help support these women preserve this art craft that's going extinct because the new generation, you know, isn't really into, the, they're moving to the cities and they're not, into a lot the of this being replaced the by machines. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so we wanted to find a way to support them, tell the story, preserve it. And we just figured, oh my God, there must be a huge market out there that would love this on like modern products that mm-hmm. we could sell in the U.S. And so that was always in the back of our head. And we really spent time getting to know these Hmong women. And that's when we, you know, we decided a little while later to start Rafinova and that we would utilize these textiles. And so we went on a lot of trips to a lot of different areas where there were Hmong women and tried to really get to know the community there. These women were so different than us. They lived in these huts. Every single aspect of their life was different, except the way that they cared for their children and the love that they had for their children and this journey of motherhood. And yes, it's still very, very different, but we wanted to find a way to connect and show that like, yes, we're all different, but we all have the same values and want the same things for our children. Yes. Yes.
0: What was it like when you found out that you were having twins and then The second time, (laughs) and then twins again. Yes, I
1: have to say, having two sets of twins, or even one set of twins, has prepared me for entrepreneurship and really like taught me everything I do in my daily work. It's like it goes back to being a mom of multiples, which you have experience in, and and we can get into that in a little while. But um, Mm -hmm. my husband and I, by choice, we waited a pretty long time. We got married. I think I was twenty two. We had the first set of twins when I was turning thirty. So by choice, we waited, and then. It was a spontaneous pregnancy, found out we were having twins. We were super excited. My husband's mother was an identical twin. She passed away shortly after our wedding and we thought it was wonderful. You know, everyone said, oh, when you have twins, you're going to stop, stop traveling. And I think you know, by the time our twins were potty trained and they potty trained pretty early, they had gone to 20 countries. And then we decided when they were, you know, around two years old, we were ready to go for a third. And we were so excited to have a singleton. And we thought, you know what, we'll just throw this baby on our back and we'll go travel everywhere. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, we found out we were having twins again. And I'm sure you can imagine what thoughts went through our minds. They were uh, somewhat negative at the beginning. A lot of emotions. And then we love them very dearly. But yes, more children is a lot. (laughs)
0: It is. It is. Okay. You know, I want to know how you did it. Were you baby wearing? Did you, you know, schluff a double stroller? I'll tell you. Yeah. From day one, and I'm probably the
1: opposite than some people, but I was scared to death to be home with them by myself, whereas I was not afraid at all to be out and about. And I felt like if we were out and about, you know, we just like, I don't know, the day was more exciting. That part didn't scare me. It scared me to be like in the house and just like, have to entertain and do things. And so my husband and I, we also like, we've always had a very laid back attitude. It worked with traveling. Yes, it's hard. And yes, we'd have disasters and a lot of sleepless nights, but for us, it was all worth it. Um, and we just got it down and we were, you know, great at packing and great at going. Um, we always bore the babies. We always, you know, we figured out like how to eat on the go with young kids, you know, whether it's like plain rice, plain noodles, like meaning we didn't always have all the snacks, but we adapted. Um, We weren't picky about the kind of diapers they were wearing so we could buy locally. Like little things like this, we just let it go. You know, as a mom of multiples, we always tried to stick to a schedule, but we weren't married to the schedule, which was great because it gave us flexibility. Um, But for sure, with like feedings and things, we had schedules. So yeah, we got it down pretty well.
0: (laughs) I'm just like in awe. You just brought the kids along.
1: I want to say we did it responsibly, like we would go to remote areas, but I would always know like where the closest hospital was. And I had, you know, emergency supplies with me. But that is really scary for a lot of people, um, Mm -hmm. Mima included. But, you know, I think my husband and I learned to just really set our expectations low. And then we would always be pleasantly surprised. And this is just the lifestyle that we adapted to. And I think once you do it, you kind of like rip off the bandaid and you stop really worrying about how other people are going to necessarily like judge your parenting. Uh, right. I mean, that never fully goes away, of course. But I don't know. It just, it worked for us. Then
0: so we refreshing. have the second
1: set of twins. <laughs> yeah. And then you your like, uh, <laughs> no, we still did it. We, we brought them to <laughs> Vietnam. The plane ride is hell. The jet lag is hell. But you know that there's like a rainbow on the other side.
0: Yeah. And then, you know what, at the end of the day, you are raising kids that are so beyond probably resilient and adaptable and nimble and right, because they're being exposed to these circumstances and situations that a child at their age would otherwise not be.
1: Yeah, actually just want to add to a point of that. Yes, it's great for our children and it makes them more like globally minded citizens and whatnot. It's actually great for a parent because I learned, like I was saying with this, like flexibility and adaptability, it changes your parenting as well, because I sort of, not that I let, let everything go, but it made me a better parent by being Mm. more adventurous and go with the flow and whatnot.
0: Yeah, exactly. Wow. So now let's get into Rafi Nova. I love how it's kind of your way to pay homage to your four kids. Tell us about how you started with, you know, the first line of products and you know quickly pivoted. So I mentioned
1: earlier that my husband and I had a manufacturing and sourcing agency. Our specialty was bag manufacturing. So we manufactured for some of the top companies, making like backpacks, duffel bags, that type of stuff so our expertise in manufacturing combined with our i guess expertise of traveling with children we would be traveling all the time you know we kept thinking why don't we have our own brand that encompasses all of this and so that's really how Nova was born as you as you mentioned at the beginning it's named after our four children and the whole idea behind the whole mission of raffinova is to unite parenthood around the world and community and to give back and have an impact and create really 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 quality products that enable you to go out on these adventures. So we spent about a year designing our first product line. We moved back to Vietnam to do this. We traveled from village to village and we purchased these gorgeous handmade textiles from the Hmong women at fair trade costs learned their story, created all this marketing material to tell the story. Then we oversaw all the development and and production of our first line of products, which includes a vegan backpack. Originally, it was a diaper bag, but we turned it into a very versatile backpack that has all the functionality of, of a diaper bag, but is in no way or looks like a diaper bag. And then some pouches and some crossbody bags. We moved back to Boston, January 30th, 2020, um, because we wanted to be there for the launch of our company. And COVID was spreading across Southeast Asia. We never once thought that it was going to spread in the U.S. And I, you know, we, along with much of the population, I don't know what we were thinking, but um, we officially launched Rafi Nova on February 16th, 2020. And we were wondering why nobody, none of the press wanted to talk about our travel backpack that unites communities around the world. Well, there was a a pandemic starting. um, And we probably launched a travel bag accessories company at the worst time in history to launch such a thing. So all that marketing, all that branding, it all went out the window because it was so irrelevant and inappropriate to yes. what was happening in the world. So, yes. you know, two weeks after launch, there was a stay-at-home order in Massachusetts and we were pretty down. We had spent not only our all of our life savings, but, you know, we took out loans to funds, you know making up these backpacks and accessories is is pretty expensive. And so we had a lot of money in inventory and a lot of inventory just sitting there. So we were pretty down, but we always try and see the glass, you know, half full as opposed to half empty. And I knew that, you know, these bags didn't necessarily have a shelf life and it was going to be okay. At some point we could sell these products We wanted to figure out a way we could help our community and do something with our time. Yes, we were busy with four kids at home, but professionally, we wanted to figure something out. We knew we weren't going to make any money, but we thought, let's figure out a way we can make an impact. So for the past four years of living in Vietnam, we've been wearing masks every single day because of air pollution. So we are one of the few Americans that actually had really tremendous experience with masks. And we knew how to make a great, ki- not how to make, but how to wear what it takes for a good kid's mask, a good adult adult mask, et cetera. We called up our manufacturing partners at our factories who were hurting because everyone was canceling orders. And we said, hey guys, we were wondering, do you think you can make masks? And they said, we can make them tomorrow. So they they turned over their production lines from making bags and clothing to making masks. Mm-hmm. We decided to launch a crowdfunding campaign to donate 10,000 masks to frontliners. This was all out of a sense of service and not out of any I nothing to make money, no business opportunity. Um we partnered up with iFundWomen and launched a crowdfunding campaign. And within a few days, word spread. This was like March 27th. And everyone was like, can you sell us masks? We need masks. And so we put up a photo on our website. It wasn't even a high quality. You know, we had like no website traffic, but I put it up on our website. I posted on my personal Facebook page. I posted on our town Facebook page. And I said, we have masks for sale. Woke up Mm -hmm. the next morning and we had $25,000 in orders. And mind you, we had no distribution plan because, you know, (laughs) we were like, Selling the backpacks and going to the post office and putting them in a box. Um, right, right. So within a few days, it word really spread. It like it was organic, it went viral. Uh, we had so many orders. I decided, you know, really quickly, I knew, you know, take all this profit and hire good people and let's get some help here. Hired a publicist and hired a digital marketing agency. So we set up um, first we worked in our garage, then it was too There was like too much going on. We set up a huge tent in our driveway and then we just kept growing and growing and growing. And there were so many orders. And I mean, it all sounds wonderful, but there's a lot of things that go in the back end of that. So we were hiring local college kids from our town who were home from school. And we erected this thousand square foot tent in uh, my parents' driveway, which they had a big driveway. We had all these people helping us and we were socially distancing, of course. So like we had to deal with all that. Um, And we were getting the orders out the door and you know rushing to the post office like three times a day with all these packages. And that was really the start of Nova. And we never you know, expected to be in the mask industry. And you know, our company will live on way beyond masks. But the masks, while they're not the initial product line that we had envisioned, they totally go with our mission, which is having an impact and connecting
0: community. Yes, absolutely. And it's so commendable that you donated 150000 to frontline workers. So even that kind of mission is, uh, is just really, really wonderful.
1: Yeah, thank you. That's like a huge part of our business. And, you know, I feel like we can never say no, which may be a fault of ours, but anyone who was in need, like schools, businesses, homeless shelters, uh, you know, different hospitals, and just individuals who are frontliners that would ask, we always, we always, and we continue to give.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. It's hard to start a business from scratch regardless, but you did it in a pandemic and you quickly pivoted. What are some lessons you've learned through that?
1: You know, it's hard to continue to grow a business through a pandemic as you pivot. Um, You know, some lessons, some things I really like to tell people, and I think it really keeps you grounded is nothing is ever as great as it seems. Nothing is ever as bad as it seems, as well. Yes, you have all these sales, and one day you feel like you're on top of the world, and then the next day you feel like you're at rock bottom, and you know, Everything is failing and what are you going to do? And I think it's important to just see like stay grounded and realize like when things are really really bad Yes, they could be really really bad But they're probably not as bad as you think and things are probably not as wonderful as they may seem to be And moderation is key. Another thing that I learned is and and we never would have pivoted with this is that perfection I think is the enemy. Um And especially like being in a a startup and being an entrepreneur, like you you can't wait for things to be perfect, or else there's just never going to be that time. And you have to be okay with mediocrity. Do I want to, you know, send out a product to a customer that's mediocre? No. Everything I want to be like super high quality, and and I want things to be as close to perfect as possible. But um, you have to be okay with like. 70, 80% 70 80% of of giving yourself. That probably didn't come out so well. Like you want to give 110%, but what I mean is it's just things can't always be perfect and you need to you need to figure out the best path to like go on um knowing that. So that's something that I learned. I also learned that you need to surround yourself with really strong positive people. Not only should you have bring on to your team people that are smart, but you should bring on people that are fun to be around because you're with these people. um, And that's important, but that you can't do it all yourself. It takes a team. It takes an army. You need to surround yourself with good people and be super humble.
0: Yes. Yes. That's really, really great advice. What is it like working with your husband in this capacity? Because I feel like that is a unique dynamic as well. You know, usually there's separate lives in here.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Family and
0: the home life come into it
1: it's really hard and it's really beautiful sometimes um and sometimes it's terrible and actually mm-hmm. at our office which we're you know we're in person because we do all the fulfillment ourselves so we need to be here at the office. We actually share this like really small office because of COVID. We didn't want to sh- like share it with anyone else. And we're with, you know, we're, we're 100% partners 24 seven, you know, at home, it's with the kids and at work. It's really challenging. Um, what I love about it is that when you have a co-founder and a partner in a business, like you need to have 100% trust in that person. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a marriage, you know? And so I trust, I trust my husband like completely. And it's funny, he, he always seems to be right. So he'll point out things that like I'm doing that I could improve upon, but I get so mad at him. And I'm like, no, no. And then like, <laughs> no, I do listen to him. You know, he, he knows me so well and he's always ends up being right. So I try to, yeah. I try now to take his advice, but I don't always make him know that he's, you know, that he's right. But it's really important to find a, to find a balance. You know, a friend in Vietnam many years ago taught us to try and do date night once a week. And it doesn't mean that we're going to like a fancy restaurant and especially in COVID that's not the case. Sometimes it's even like having a beer or a seltzer or something like that, like in our office and spending like a half an hour, just like without the kids, like without work. I say our office because it's like our only place to get away that's (laughs) socially distancing um, without our children. (laughs) But we really hold that to, and it's really important for our relationship. I feel like our, all we talk about most of the time is besides like that 30 minutes is like kids and work. Um, And it's Mm. a really hard balance.
0: Yes. I have tried the masks and my kids have two and I love them. They are super soft. Yep. And um, and I love that they're made from 100% cotton and um, and they're breathable fabric. And more than that, they're adjustable. That is like the one thing that I found to be so brilliant because of course, early on, I ordered whatever mask I could online and the ear loops never fit. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's great that you thought of the adjustable loop so that they stay snug.
1: And now you'll see nowadays, like most companies are catching up on to that because it is an important feature. You know, you don't want your ears constantly pulling. Um, another important feature is the nose wire. So you can make it fit to your face better and that will also cause less fog to your glasses. And the last thing that's really important is the fabric and the number of layers. Um, so people are talking about like a candle test where you put on your mask and if you can blow out a candle... Your mask is not effective. Um, With our masks, they're all three layers. They used to actually be four layers. You cannot blow out that candle. So they're very effective from a COVID standpoint, and they're also comfortable. And you know, I'm in the office all day. I wear my mask probably like 18 hours a day. And yes, masks are annoying after that time, but ours are are pretty comfortable for a mask.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. One further point is that you have the clear mask. um, And I think that that's really... Kind of important to note because teachers, you know, especially when you're teaching really young kids, clear masks are great because that way the kids can see what you're saying and and see your lips move. So that's right. Is that? what?
1: Yep. I'll touch upon that real quick. So uh, in the early days of the garage and the driveway, the very early days, um, I'm someone who was always smiling and I was laughing with all these people that were working with us. And I was like, I'm smiling right now, but you can't see because I'm wearing a mask. Well, one of the people that was um, helping us was a speech and language pathologist. And she was talking about how masks are so difficult for people that rely on lip reading. Yeah. And we, you know, contacted our, our partner factory, who's like so innovative and always wants to try and like try new things with us. And we talked about the need for a clear panel on a mask. And within two weeks, we had maybe like 10 prototypes. We had sent it out to like 500 people and we got a product that we were happy with. We thought that the market wasn't that large. We thought it was for people that were deaf and hard of hearing, but little did we know there was such a, Massive market in the education industry um, Mm -hmm. that needed these masks. Little kids rely on facial cues and and visual communication in order to grow and to learn. And so our masks, we launched these like in the beginning of June, and over like July and August, they literally went viral. Like teachers were posting about them and sharing it like hundreds of thousands of times. And schools from all over the country were contacting us with purchase orders. And we didn't even have a sales team that were going out trying to sell these masks. And it was almost like not every school, but a lot of schools have purchased and worn the smile mask. People love them. I mean, its I'll be honest, it's not a great mask to wear like all day. It, it's mm-hmm. not great to wear outside, but it really serves a purpose inside for uh, you know, certain periods of time. And I just say that because it's still it is a piece of plastic over your mouth with three layers of fabric and it it will fog and form condensation if worn for like a, a long duration or changing temperatures. But for for what it is, it is a fantastic product. That's extremely useful.
0: Yes, yes. That's so great. You know, any hacks when traveling With kids, you know, anything that you kind of learned along the way, Um, especially since you went to these remote areas and like for parents who uh, are eager to take their kids on a hiking trip, it's definitely doable. What do you say that they should kind of pack or prepare
1: I have so many hacks and I feel like I haven't thought about them in like nine months now because we really haven't traveled at all since COVID. So I need to brush them off. But uh, Mm -hmm. my biggest piece of advice when traveling with kids is don't overpack. The worst feeling is like being suffocated by all your crap, even like getting on the plane and just having like too many bags and needing the kids, you know, holding the kids and whatnot. So don't overpack. Another hack of mine and many others is packing cubes. They're (laughs) life-changing, life-saving. So I have like, cubes for each kid or each set of twins. And I'm super strategic and organized about like how I pack those cubes. So then when we get places, um, you don't necessarily have to like unpack everything. You unpack the cubes, um, mm. laundry bags. Also a great hack, not, not really a hack. It's, uh, but being able to nicely separate clean clothes from dirty clothes, uh, is, is, yes. is very, is key. But I think, you know, the overall mindset of just like to, you have to set your expectations low. You can't have this like perfect picture in your head because you're traveling with kids and it's never gonna happen the way that you intend it to. And you need to be able to go with the flow. Don't over plan, plan enough that like, you know it's around you. But again, if you over plan and over schedule, you're gonna have tired, whiny kids. You're gonna be pissed and disappointed, rushing from things, you know, place to place. So take it slow, take it easy and set those expectations low and just try and enjoy. Know that like, you're not going on a spa vacation. You're not gonna, you know, it's not gonna be peaceful. but like. You're doing it. So for you, you're doing it for your kids and just have an open mind.
0: Yeah. And for the experience and memories. um, Amazing. What about just twin advice? I feel like we want to make sure that, especially if you are a mom of multiples or, or twins, triplets, what have you, that their personalities and individuality is nurtured. So how do you do that?
1: So actually, first, I just wanted to say
0: some like, uh, not
1: that I'm like, I am a twin expert because I, so I do have a lot of twin experience, but you know, I can't say I, I know everything. I definitely don't. You know, you you have to remember, first of all, that like everything is a stage and this too shall pass. And you know, you go through stages of like six, eight, 12 weeks of not sleeping, but like it will pass. There'll be a period when you can sleep. Don't worry. Um, and so just remember everything's a stage and like try not to just constantly rush through it. Like our first set of twins, I was always waiting for the next stage. Um, yeah. And the second set of twins, I got to kind of enjoy it a little bit, more because I knew like, okay, let's let's enjoy this stage before we get to the next stage. So that was one thing. Another thing that I learned was that you need to like be okay with asking for help. I, my husband and I, we've been like business partners through our entire twin journey. And so, and we've worked for ourselves. So we've had the liberty uh, and the privilege of being able to really co-parent because we were, you know, each other's bosses. And so I had him all along, I can't imagine doing it alone. And I commend those that are able to, um, but don't be afraid to ask for help. If you do have that village and that support, use it. People generally want to help, not always, but uh, you know, and be specific about what you need help with, whether it's just like, can you like, don't expect, you know, if your mother-in-law comes over, she's gonna know to like empty the dishwasher and do the laundry, but give people specific tasks. I think being a mom of multiples has really just taught me that, like I've talked about this whole time of just like setting those expectations low, like moderation is key and enjoy the process. And that's really shaped like how I'm able to, how we were able to pivot and like run this business. And so it's prepared me a lot for that. Yes, yes.
0: Tell us about a mom sense moment that you've had. And, you know, as you know, the show call that total mom sense. And that just means times where we inherently trust our superpower of intuition. So I'm sure you do this all day, every day, but is there one kind of anecdote that you can share where you're like, "I, I went with my mom sense on this one and it steered us on the right path?
1: Okay. I don't know if this is the greatest example, but when our twins were first born and everyone said like, you're not going to travel, you're going to be stuck home. Like you need to stay home. You need to do this. Like my, my intuition and everything about me was saying like, no, we need to get out. We need to explore. Like we need to stay true to who we are. And so we really didn't listen to, we really didn't listen to anyone else, um, or -hmm. our family. And we lived the last four, four years of just like this life of, adventure and traveling. um, That has really been like what I think is best for me as a mom and best for my children.
0: Wow. I love it. I love that you're living your truth. And, you know, your kids are just even better for it. Having parents like you who are doing that. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by?
1: The quote that I live by is everything in moderation, including moderation. It was <laughs> said by Oscar Wilde and I love it and I always go back to it.
0: That's so fun. I love it. <laughs> it's now time for mom hall when we share products we love. Outside of Rafinova, is there any product or app or really anything that you are just loving right now that you want to share with the audience?
1: my favorite baby product, which I'm still using with my nearly three-year-olds is my Becco carrier. Um, And we have like six of them. And we're really into baby wearing as you have to be when you're a mom of multiples and then, you know, a mom of two sets of twins. And so I bring that thing everywhere. And I still carry, I even carry the five-year-olds and it really keeps us sane and allows us to be relatively hands-free. So I love that product.
0: Wow. Wow. And then it just, it definitely strengthens the bond between, you know, um, parent or Caregiver and baby, for sure.
1: Actually, it's great. I put my little, one, but my my youngest, who's a bit of a, a handful, and, and uh, she's she's the hardest out of all of my. Sticker on my back, actually. So no, I don't have to strengthen the bond. I put her on my back, and now she just you know looks out, and I don't have to uh, yeah. to deal with her front and center. No, just- <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that's so funny. I want to give a shout out to a brand that is also sustainable, also founded by a mom. It's called Living Loudly. And she's a fellow Hey Mama. Shannon is her name. And it's just, it's a product that I love and my kids can't get enough of. Um, She has t-shirts that are made of 100% cotton and bamboo fibers um, that have a fun character on the front. You get it delivered to you in a capsule. And there's a story that you read to your kids about the character on seed paper that you can rip up into pieces and plant and watch wildflowers uh, grow. So it's just it's such a thoughtful, experiential brand, and I feel all parents should know about it and support it.
1: And I second that because I was recently introduced to Shannon, um, the owner of Living Loudly, through another Hey Mama, mm-hmm. and I love her and her story and and her mission and the products. And I think it's everyone should check it out. And it's it's just so thoughtful, and I think it really stands out from others, you know, in the market. And I definitely applaud that company and recommend it.
0: Yes, yes. Now we want to know where we can find Rafi Nova. So you can find Rafi Nova on our website,
1: www.raffynova.com. You can check us out on Instagram at Rafinova underscore go. Um, and you can also follow our crazy family adventures on our Instagram account, which is twinsonthegox2 amazing. <laughs> it was Twins on the Go and then it was Twins on the Go X too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have to.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, Marissa, it was so wonderful getting to know you and the backstory of Nova and how you're helping make this world a better place with your work. So thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. and thank you for helping to tell my story and tell other other people's stories. And uh, we have that 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 immediate connection as being a mom of a mom of multiples, a mom of twins. So I think we'll we'll be ingrained uh, with that forever. So yes, yes. Nice.
0: no, I know I cherish that bond that we have. Um, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. We're in a, like it's like a deeper connection that you and I share that I love. Thank you for listening to my episode with Marissa, founder and CEO of Rafi Nova. I just find it to be so incredible and inspiring that she has two sets of twins, and she is so unapologetic about having them be raised as global citizens, and she's living it by traveling with them everywhere and running a business and showing them all the things that a mother is capable of. I do have an exclusive code, so to receive 20% off on Rafi Nova products, and this is bags and masks for both adults and kids, you can use my promo code MOMSENSE20 in all caps. And if you haven't already, subscribe to be part of my community uh, wherever you listen, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Good Pods we are everywhere and i'm so so proud of what that that's total mom sense community has built and i'm just excited to engage with you and you know be a part of your life even more this year remember always trust your mom sense stay strong super mamas see you next time thank you for tuning in i hope you have an amazing new year's eve be safe, uh, stay indoors, social distance, all that jazz, what we've been doing all year long. Here's to 2021, a year where we can start anew. Maybe a lot of it won't change, but it's all about mind over matter, right? So we're going to start 2021 off on the right foot. And I'm so happy to have you in my tribe helping me. Thank you guys. Remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, Super Mamas. See you in 2021. That's total mom sense.